This is the podcast for the journal Genetics and Medicine, published by the Nature Publishing Group. It's the official peer-reviewed journal of the American College of Medical Genetics and Genomics. I'm Cynthia Graber. The development of the CRISPR technique for gene editing has astounded the scientific community. It's dramatically faster and more precise than previous gene editing techniques, and scientists are employing it to, for example, help create mosquitoes they hope will halt rather than spread disease, and even to, controversially, bring back long-extinct animal species. Scientists also see both peril and promise in its use in humans. What CRISPR can do, it's a fantastic technique. You know, I'm, I'm totally impressed by what it can do. So it, can, it is a technique that can change the DNA of humans. So it can copy-paste, like Word can copy-paste. CRISPR can do that as well. It can take out a piece of the DNA and replace it with something else or with nothing else. And that is very useful, most of it for uh, research, uh, but potentially on the long run also for clinical use. Cecile Janssens is a professor of epidemiology at Emory University, and she recently wrote a commentary in the journal Genetics and Medicine called Designing Babies Through Gene Editing, Science or Science Fiction. So for many genes that are implicated in human diseases, we have no idea what they're doing. So, so theoretically can do with CRISPR is that you make cells, cell lines that have the mutation or don't have the mutation, and then see you know, how they respond, for example, to different drugs or to different experiments. So that is for the basic research, giving enormous opportunities, because so far we had just had to create these cell lines, uh, and it took by far more time, and this is just much more easy to make variations in the DNA. For clinical use, what we can do is we can make specific therapies, for mostly for children who don't make certain proteins uh, themselves. We can make them, theoretically, using CRISPR, so that you can repair the gene that prevents them from making certain proteins, and then have them make it. This is the positive view of how CRISPR might be used to advance human health. There are also concerns about its use, and these prompted a recent international summit of human gene editing in Washington, D.C. But people are worried about, I think, why they called now the meeting is because of the premature application of the method. There's so many uncertainties that we do not know about the method itself. The method is still not perfect. It makes errors. So when it cuts and pastes in DNA, it cuts on multiple places where it should not cut. And so it is not yet perfect. But also that we have no idea that if you take out a mutation or make a, make a change in the DNA, that we have no idea how that will later on in life for the individual may have unanticipated effects. And so there are so many unknowns that, that they got together to discuss you know, what are the potential implications and, and how should we move forward with this? Scientists and bioethicists got together to discuss the potential for misuse of CRISPR. One major concern is that it could be used in the future to create children to their parents or society's ideals, for instance, to create more intelligent babies. So intelligence is such a complex uh, trait where the genes play a role, but, but the role is so very small that it makes no sense. You, you cannot program it in, in an embryo. And because, you know, your future environment, the environment that we do not know yet, plays an enormous role whether the, the child will become intelligent or not. It's not the genes only. And the same is for many personality traits, for musicality, for how, how athletic you will be. And it is a combination between genes and environment. And because the environment, theoretically, is unknown, the future environment we do not know yet, you do not know which are the best genes to edit at this moment. And that makes it, theoretically, but also, I think, practically just impossible to design intelligent babies. And then there's the issue of editing the sperm or egg to create, say, a particular hair, eye, or skin color. 
While these are largely heritable, physical traits often involve multiple genes. Plus, Dr. Janssen says, there's no guarantee yet that tweaking certain genes a certain way produces the desired physical outcome. And finally, there's the question of disease. The most prevalent diseases are caused by multiple genes, as well as a combination of genetics and the environment, and so CRISPR gene editing won't be helpful. For some, such as cystic fibrosis or Huntington's disease, where the disease is caused by a mutation in a single gene, such editing might eventually be beneficial. But there's also the risk that genes that cause disease do more than just cause that disease. They may increase the risk of one disease and decrease the risk of another. So by by creating something or by editing something out, you may introduce something else. And I don't expect that we will easily go in that direction. Dr. Janssen believes the fears of using CRISPR to design babies are somewhat overblown because nearly all characteristics, and in fact most diseases, are more complex than single gene mutations. At the International Summit, the committee supported the use of CRISPR in research and supported the potential use for the treatment of disorders, but it handed down a moratorium on the use of CRISPR in embryos for fertilization. Because unlike manipulating the genome of an adult, when embryos are manipulated, those changes in the germline are then passed down to future generations. And Dr. Janssen says that, no matter what, safeguards against misusing the technique should be put in place. She writes in the conclusion of the commentary that companies will likely spring up that offer unproven results to parents. Quote, it's going to be crucial to hold the companies to accurate and truthful marketing and not allow exaggerated claims, and proper regulations must be put in place before they enter the market to protect parents and future offspring. Certain genetic claims could be relatively harmless, like, for instance, if a company promises to analyze your genetics and tell you if you have a gene that shows that you should excel at certain types of athletics. You might receive invalid information, but it's generally not harmful. But if people believe that a certain company can make their uh, offspring more intelligent and the company really starts making changes in the DNA, then we really need to be sure that they don't make more errors in the DNA. And so regulations and kind of both marketing regulations and science regulations need to be in place, is what you're saying? Yeah, they need to be in place because I think, especially when you're talking about the risk for the offspring, the risks are just too big. They are largely unknown, but, you know, with with every technology that, that changes in the DNA, there are risks involved for which we may pay the price in the future. Genetics in Medicine is the official peer-reviewed journal of the American College of Medical Genetics and Genomics and is published by The Nature Publishing Group. I'm Cynthia Graber.